on Sunday, I told you that the question that I have for everyone here today is, would you be willing to give your life up in the face of death? Would you give your life for Christ? Are you that committed to him to the point where if placed in a situation whether you had to denounce him or stand for him, what would you do? If your family and kids were threatened and you were told that you had to spit on the cross and step on a picture of Jesus and say, you deny him, the question is, what would you do? Now, a lot of us may say, I'll I'll do it, but I want you to think about it now. We're talking about denying God and if you, if you deny him, your family gets to live. If you don't deny him, your family dies and you die. The question is, what would you do? All right, now watch this now. Would you give your life up for Jesus? Because here's the thing, he gave his life for us, didn't he? He died on the cross. He, he didn't complain. He didn't didn't come down either, but he gave his life, amen, as a sacrifice for us. Now, I understand that, you know, that's an extreme, you know, illustration, but this movie that we're getting ready to watch in in a couple weeks, that's the story. These missionaries went to Japan, and they were told that either you deny Christ or the people suffer. And they would torture them for days. Some of them, they would hang on a cross. And for 30 days, they would hang up on this cross. And every day, they would come with hot water in, in, a, in a can that has little holes in it. And the water was so hot, they would just let it drip down their body just to slowly kill them for 30 days. If the priest did not denounce Christ... This was the suffering for the followers. So when we start talking about evangelism, you know, in our country, when we start talking about what we're doing, what we've been studying, we've been talking about that we need to multiply. But the question is, do you love God so much so that you would give your life up for him? Do you love Jesus that much? I know you, how many would give your life for your child? How many would take the place of your child? If it, it was, if it was, see how quick we raised our hand? How many would give your life for Christ? You don't know what you'll do in the face of death, do you? All right? But here's the thing. It's either you or your family. What is our base scripture? John 15, 16. Let's go there. John 15, 16. We know our base scripture. Let's go there. And what does it say in John 15, 16? If you need a Bible, we'll get you one. John 15, 16. What does it say?
You did not what? But what? And what? And appointed you that you may what? That you may what? That you would go and do what? Bear fruit. And that not just bring people to church, not just lead people to Christ, but that your fruit would what? Remain. Right? And, and he, says, he says, and whatever, you see, there's something about a fruitful Christian. A fruitful Christian is not just a blessed Christian. A fruitful Christian is a producing Christian. Constantly producing, producing new fruit. Amen. The fruit of their lips, the fruit of their lives, the fruit of their testimony. I asked you a question. How many of you would, how many of you would stand in for your child? Man, it, was, it wasn't even a thought. But if I asked you, how many of you would die for Christ? It's something that we got to think about. So that tells us, doesn't mean we don't love God. It just tells us that our devotion to Jesus Oh, come on, somebody. It's not where we think it is. Because I want to tell you something. If ISIS come here today on our shores and say, denounce Christ, we'd have to take a stand for something. The Bible talks about this in the last days. This movie we're going to watch, this movie was from the 1700s, 1800s. Now, if, they, if they've been persecuting people, amen, back then, what do, you think that, what do you think Satan is doing now? Listen, if Jesus wasn't a big deal, right, why in the book of Acts, after they were preaching, right, they said, I don't want you to preach in that name anymore. I understand why. Because they said that, that, that they were stirring up the people. See, I want you to know something, that Jesus is real. I want you to know that, that your life is in his hands. And not only that, but here's the thing, that in him, he holds everything together. John 15, 16 says that not only must you bear fruit, that your fruit will remain, so whatever you ask, what did he say? Whatever you ask. Listen, is my prayer being answered? See, he says, whatever you ask, a fruitful Christian going to get some prayer answered. Come on, somebody. Some difficult circumstances that's happening in our lives, maybe the reason it's not changing is because we're only thinking about ourselves. Come on, somebody, and say amen tonight. Amen. Look what he says here. Look, look, go, go to verse 18. Go to verse 17. Verse 17, look what he said. He says, this I command you that you love what? One another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated what? Me before it hated you. <laughs> so, you know what I say to Christians all the time? Evangelism is a very, it's a difficult ministry. You want to know why? Because it's something that we have just like tithing. <laughs> it's a difficult ministry. 
<laughs> Amen. We, listen, we want God to answer our prayers. Come on, somebody. We want God to bless us. Come on, somebody. We want God to do all these things for us, but the question is, what were we willing to do for him? Amen. Amen. Watch the text. The text says, the world hates you because the world hates me. You ever try as a Christian to go in the world? Some of us went back to the world. How many went back? They put you out, didn't they? <laughs> Matter of fact, they treated you worse because guess what? You didn't identify with them anymore because guess what? Not only did your conversation change, but your life changed. And here's the thing. Once you're light, you'll always be light. Depends on how dim you are. Are you with me? And when you go back to the world, guess what the world does? The world doesn't care anything about you. Amen. But, but in Christ, the solid rock I stand. Come on, somebody. In Christ, we have life. Watch the text. Watch verse 19. If you were of the world, watch this, the world, the world would what? Love its own. You want to know why we're not getting no love from the world? Because we're no longer of the world. And I say this to fallen Christians all the time. It's easier to repent than to stay in your fallen condition. And there are a lot of people out here. Listen, there are thousands and millions of people that's waiting for you and I to go out there and share the good news with them. What is the good news? The gospel. What is the gospel? The death, the burial, the resurrection, amen, the, the what? The ascension and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, watch this, Jesus is telling them that when you go out in that world, man, the world don't love us. It's amazing how devoted we are to the world. Come on, somebody. Amen. And how disloyal we are to God. Oh, come on and say amen. <laughs> amen. Look what it said. The text says that if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not, listen, once you give your life to Christ, you are no longer of the world, but you could try to go back and live in there and see what happens. Here's the feeling. You can't have satisfaction you can't have peace. You can't have joy. And somebody here tonight, I want to tell you something. You've been looking for peace. You've been looking for joy. You've been looking for contentment. You've been looking for happiness. And you've been trying to find it in a lot of different things. You cannot find it in the world. Because, listen, you're no longer of the world. Because when you give your life to Jesus... It is a done deal. 
And I know you've been trying to find, you know, significance and importance and things like that. But may I say something to you? God has a place for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. But listen, those plans always revolve around him and his kingdom and his calling. Listen to me real good. His kingdom and his calling for your life. You matter to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I matter to God. You better believe that. Give God a hand clap of praise for that tonight. Amen. We matter to God. Watch the text. The text says, listen, but because you're not of the world, but I chose you. I chose you from where? where? Can I ask you something? Where did he find you? Listen, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you from where? He's saying it again. Because in verse 16, he says, you didn't, so whenever you start saying, I made the decision to go to church, you didn't make no decision to do that. First of all, for God to be even interested in you. <laughs> oh, I don't think you hear me. I don't, man, boy, I wish I had somebody now. Listen, I, for God to even think enough of me, to say, hey, come. Oh, I wish I had somebody. What a blessing that is. What a blessing it is to, to know that God called me. He, he is, listen, I'm chosen. Listen, I may not have had anything in my life, but here's the one thing I have now. I know that God handpicked me out of a dark and dying world. And listen, I may just be sitting on the pews right now, but guess what? He got a purpose for me. Come on, somebody. And so the text says that I chose you from where? Notice how he said, notice how verse 16 just says, I chose you, right, and appointed you. But verse 19 is telling us, from where he chose us from. I wish I had somebody. God asked Job a question. So Job, where, where, where did you come from? He says, you know where I came from? I came from roaming around on the earth. Come on, somebody. And guess what? You know what he's doing? He's seeking someone to devour. This is Satan's doing out here. The killing, the depression, amen, the, the lack of hope, the darkness that we find ourselves in. Anybody here ever feel like, man, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again. It seems like I can't see my way out. Anybody ever felt like that? Listen, that's what God has chosen us out of. The word for world, the word is cosmos. The devil is, hallelujah, allowed to roam around on the earth for a short time. And his job is to create chaos. We are kryptonite. I wish I had somebody. And when we go out into the world, 
You want to know why folk don't like you <laughs> since you've been coming to church? And guess what? They talk about you. You think you all that now. You, you think you saved now. You think you better than ever. You keep talking. But I double dare you to come step into the house of God where I come every week. I, I double dare you to come, amen, and see what the Lord can do in your life. See, we have to be convincing enough. Here's the thing. When we go into the world, you got to remember something. Your job, they, listen, they don't like you. They're using you. Amen. He <laughs> amen. said, what do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean? The Bible says, <laughs> amen, that if you are of the, if you're of the world, the world will love you, love its own. And you're wondering why you're being overlooked. Hello, somebody, as a Christian. You're being overlooked because this world is not your own, but God can move, God can move in mysterious ways. Listen, if you change your, if we change our worldview and say, you know what? No longer am I going to go to work thinking, watch this, it's about me. I'm going to go to work as if it's a mission field. And my primary purpose every single day is to touch somebody and talk to somebody and tell somebody about Jesus. Do I have anybody? But the problem today is we have people living double lives. We have preachers living double lives. Amen. We got the pews living double lives. Amen. We got leaders living double lives. And folk are not attracted to us because we don't look any different. Do I have anybody? The text says that I chose you out of the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you tonight. Thank you tonight. That the Lord had chosen me out of a dark and fallen world. That when God looked down the corridors of time and he saw how sinful I was, he still said, I'll take him. When the devil, yeah, when the devil pushed me down, when the, when, listen, when all hope was gone and I was found on the, uh, listen, in the gutter of life, God says, I'll take that one. God specializes in the reject pile. Do I have anybody? He picks us up, y'all. He cleans us up. And I believe, I, I, I want to say it, I want to say it to this extent. I believe that we owe it to him. Not to just think about ourselves. The book of Revelation says this. He says, he says, they that do not love their lives even in the face of death. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, I wish I had somebody tonight. We're covered in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Satan has been defeated. He cannot touch what God has already stained with his blood. Do I have anybody? He says we overcome by the power of our testimony. Listen, you got to tell somebody, I wasn't always here. I wasn't always this person that you see today. What you see today is God choosing someone out of the world, the world. Listen, we're not, we're not rebelling against the world. Jesus said, 
They don't love us. <laughs> Period. Thank God for his word. This is Jesus talking. He says they don't love you. And isn't it amazing how we're always trying to find affirmation? We're always trying to find acceptance. Come on, somebody. And we're trying to find significance where? We want to leave a mark in the world. May I say this? Leave a mark in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Leave a mark in the kingdom of God. Say, say to God, God, I've brought this many people to Christ. I've helped the church to become, amen, stronger in discipleship. Amen. I've given up my time. I've given up my talents. Lord, whatever you want from me, because I remember, how many remember the condition that you were in? Come on, somebody, and say amen. The condition that you and I were in, think back for a minute. And some of us don't have to think that far. Some of you can remember just, just, just long ago, eh, not too long ago, where the Lord had put his hands on you and he has chosen you, hallelujah to his holy name. He has made you his choice. The word, the word ekaleo in the Greek, the word for choose, it literally means, watch this, to pick up. <laughs> I wish I had somebody. God picked you up. Amen. Listen, I was lost and on my way to hell. But God picked me up. And may I say this to you believers tonight? I hope and I'm praying. And I want to tell you something. I want us all to get to the place where when I ask the question or when anybody asks the question, would you die for your faith? I said this on Sunday morning. A 15-year-old child in Iran or Iraq, they will strap a bomb on them at 15 years old. And they will walk into a building and they will get blown up in the name of Allah. And here I am. I won't do anything for Jesus. And he has been good to me. Matter of fact, forget that. He's been great to me. I was out of my mind. I'm testifying now. I was gone. I was out of here. Listen. Didn't know where I was going. Didn't know where I was, if I was coming or going. But I lost my mind. I was demon possessed. But Jesus, come on somebody, gave me my mind back. Gave me my heart back. Gave me a life. Listen, I'll die for him. I'm not ashamed to say it. I will die for him. Why do I say that? It's not just because I'm the pastor. It's because I looked at my predicament. I looked at my problems. I looked at how far I was. And the things that I acquired now doesn't mean anything. The most valuable thing that I have is my relationship with him. A lot of folk going to church to have church. 
I have church every day, wherever I am. The church is me. It's you. Amen. Will I die for them? You better believe I die for them. If they say I'm going to take your wife out, you better denounce him. I know where she's going because guess what I know about her? She's saved. Come on, somebody. She's saved. And if you have faith, you have, watch this, in the word of God, it says absent from the body. Oh, hallelujah to his holy name. It's to be what? Present with the Lord. So take my child if you want. Because guess what? If, if they die and I die, we'll see each other again. Hallelujah to his holy name. But if you die, amen, you have no guarantees. So that's how I can say I will die for him. Because I know where I'm going. Can I ask you something tonight? Do you know where you're going? Are you sure? See, here's the thing. It, you got to be sure that you know where you're going. Because if you don't know where you're going, you're just living. <laughs> you're just going through the motions. He said, I chose you from where out of the world. Because of this, the world what? Let, let me say this to you. There's a book that, that I want to recommend to you. It's called Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. It's a great book. Matter of fact, you can actually go on YouTube and just type in, you know, C.S. Lewis, Screwtape Letters, and you can watch it. It's a powerful book, right? Listen, Satan is constantly after us. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, it says this. It says that the devil goes before God day and night, making an accusation, accusing the saints. So check this out. This is how it works. This, this is how it works. While you're asleep, he's accusing you. So this is what he does. He comes up, he says, oh, yeah. Uh, he, you know, he got his little briefcase. He shows up before the Lord. You know, God is the judge. This is, how, this is the scene in heaven from the book of Revelation. I'm paraphrasing for those of you who are exegetically correct. Watch this. <laughs> so the scene is like this. The judge is there. You have your attorney, and then Satan shows up. Satan says, you know what? This brother right here, he messed up today. He lied today. What's up? <laughs> you said, don't lie. He deserves punishment. He goes on and on and on and makes the case and shows his evidence. Matter of fact, he has all the evidence. Satan knows you. And he has the evidence on you. And this is what he does. He, he presents all of his evidence before the judge. But what he doesn't realize is this, that the judge is not only your judge, but your lawyer. I wish I had somebody. And so what the judge does say, hold on one second, takes his robe off, <laughs> comes down and stands next to you and say, listen, he's covered in the blood. Come on, somebody. 
There's nothing you can do to him because when I died on Calvary's cross, I paid the price for every sin that he would ever do in his life. Sin past, sin present, and sin future. So now what? Not guilty. The, judge, the, the attorney goes back in the stand, put his robe back on with the gavel and said, bam, not guilty. And guess what Satan does next? He goes back again. Listen, Satan is very persistent. And he comes back again. And he brings something else. The Bible says day and night. What does that tell you about him? He doesn't give up. He doesn't sleep. And he will not sleep or rest until he sees you and I destroyed. Isn't that deep? You didn't know you had an adversary? Is that news to you? You have an adversary. You have an accuser. And the Bible says he cannot win the case, but he keeps trying. Remember I showed you Sunday, Job? Amen. Job, he said, Job. Job said, I will not curse God. I will not curse God. I will not deny God. You know why? You know what Job realized? It's something that we need to realize. Everything you have comes from the hand of God. Everything. Do we just accept the good? This is what his wife said to him. Curse God. Man, die, will you? You ain't dead yet. <laughs> do you know that's what Satan wants you and I to do? Give up. Somebody here tonight, I want to tell you something. No matter what the doctor said, don't you give up. No matter what it may look like tonight, don't you give up. No matter how tough it may be, don't you give up. Listen, you keep fighting the good fight. You hold on to your faith because guess what? Blessed are those who overcome in the name of Jesus. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Listen, don't think that just because that people are smiling in your face in the world, they don't mean you any good. They're smiling in your face to throw you off your game. Satan is a trickster, y'all. Amen. How many of you been fooled before? You thought that brother or sister was what she said she was. Come on, somebody. Amen. The world hates you and I. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm building this case to say this, that yes, the world hates us, but that should not stop us from going out there to win because watch this when you go out there believe it or not the world is more intimidated by you oh I wish I had somebody and if you are intimidated by it then watch this you give in for no reason oh I don't think you caught that 
Because if the world is intimidated by you, because the Bible says you are the light of the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. The salt of the what? So wherever you bring light, come on somebody, darkness has to leave. Are you following me? Watch the text. Watch the text. The text says, remember this. He says, remember the word, remember the word that I say to you. A slave is no greater than his master. If they what? You ever been to a church where they to tell you everything going to be all right? All the time, everything's going to be, everything. This is your best life now. But can I ask you a question? Have you ever heard a sermon on persecution? Have you ever heard a sermon where the pastor tell you, you're going to be, you're going to, man, the, the devil going to trample you over. The, guess what? Persecution, yeah, that's part of, matter of fact, when you give your life to Christ, uh, hello, you're going to be persecuted. Have you ever heard that? No, you heard God has a wonderful plan for your life. But how many of you found out? How many people I got here tonight who found out? Come on, somebody. You found out. That persecution is real. Come on, somebody. I, I got a few people. Listen, how many of you found out that the devil was real? And every time you tried to get closer to God, come on, somebody. He, listen, the pressure came on even harder. Things that you never thought that would happen to you happened to you. See, what I'm trying to tell you is if we're going to multiply, we need to be strong soldiers. We can't give in in the face of adversity. We can't give in in the face of trials. We cannot give in, amen, when the devil shows up and tells us that we're nothing. We have to hold on because the Bible says it's part of the process, persecution. Do I have anybody here tonight? Can testify that you didn't think it was going to happen to you. Come on, somebody. You, you, you saw everybody else going through, and you said, oh, not me. But all of a sudden, it showed up at your doorsteps. And you said to yourself, man, I, you know what? The devil gets you a thing. You know what? I should have never came to church anyhow. Because, and watch this. And then, watch this. It's too late now because you're already in. And then you go back out in the world, and the world hates you. So now what do you have? You have nothing. So where do you have to run back to? The Lord. It's a setup. It's always been a setup. And I want you to always remind yourself of this. If they persecuted Jesus... They will persecute you. Don't t Listen, turn to your neighbor and say, don't take it personal. It's not about you. What you're going through right now is not about you. You know what you're going through right now, what it's really for? You know what it's for? It's for your testimony. It really is for that weak person or that unbeliever out there who could say, man, I remember when. But look at you now. You still going to church? You still in church? Yeah, I'm still in church. What happened to you? I've been transformed. I've been changed. I've been set free. The Lord delivered me. Listen, I could, listen, listen, listen. Strong men get weak sometimes. But let me say something to you. As a believer, you have the strength of the Lord. 
The Bible says in Psalm 40, in, in Isaiah 40, they that wait upon the Lord. He, he said, he said, he said, I read this this morning in my devotional. He said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get weary. You see, you see, the thing about it is waiting on God is one of the things that we must learn to do in this journey. But when persecution shows up, look at it, look, look, look right here. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Verse 21, but all these things they will do to you for what? You're saying to me, Pastor, I don't know if I can suffer for Jesus, but you've been suffering. You've been persecuted. You just didn't know you were doing it for Jesus. You just didn't know it was a Jesus fight that you were in. That, that, that the devil was persecuting you because of who you knew. And a matter of fact, who you belonged to. You are his. Listen, the devil cannot snatch you from God's hands. What you're facing right now is a test so that you will have a testimony. The Bible says here, the Bible says, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they did not know the one who sent me. See, when you don't know God, then you definitely don't know Jesus. But Jesus said, the reason why they persecute me and they persecute you because they don't know God, period. There's no God in them. And when you have no God in you, you'll hate those who persecute you. But what Jesus is saying to us tonight, don't hate those that are persecuting you. You got to go through the persecution because guess what? It was never about you anyways. Amen? Let, let me show you something. <laughs> let, let's read, let's read, let's read verse 22. I'm sorry. He says, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have what? Sin. But now they have what? For their sin. Verse 23. He who hates, he who hates me, ain't that something? He who hates me hates my who? My father. If I, had, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have what? Sin. But now they have both seen and what? Hated me and my father as what? As well. So what I'm trying to show you tonight is this is what we're Facing when we say we're going outreaching and when we're going to share the good news, we're facing a hostile world. But you have to remember who you are. You have to remember that you are the light, that you don't get intimidated by the world. 
that you don't allow Satan to pull one on you. The mind is a very powerful thing. And if you allow Satan to get into your mind, he will cause you to start thinking it's all about you. Guess what? If God is so good, then why are you suffering? If God is so good, then why is this happening? Why aren't you better off right now? Why don't you, why haven't you finished school? Why haven't you done this? Why, 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 why? And see, when you focus on the wrong things, when you focus on the world and not the kingdom, you will always have those questions as to why. Are you with me? I, I started showing you this, and I'll show you this, and then we'll close. Go to Jonah. Remember I told you I wanted to deal with this. Jonah chapter 1. All right, so let's look, let's, look at, let's look at somebody here. See, let's look at what I call the reluctant evangelist. The reluctant evangelist. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittiah. Arise, go to Nineveh, right, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Let me say this about God. I told you something on Sunday. God hears you when you complain. And, and God burns when you complain. You saw what he did at the camp of the children of Israel out there in the wilderness. He burnt up the camp. It, it makes him hot. <laughs> God gets hot when we complain. You know why? Because he said you should not be complaining. You have too much to be grateful for. And here's the other thing. Some of you here today, you got to remember this. God has chosen you. And he's called you out of the called out. You have great influence. And you have a great voice. And, and God wants to use you. Hallelujah to his holy name. You know what I, you know what I say? Thank God that he went in the trash heap. And he found something that he could use. You know, you know, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah said, he heard a voice. And the Lord said, whom shall I send? Isaiah said, here I am, Lord. Send me. The question I have for you tonight, how many of you will answer the call to go? Or will we be like the reluctant evangelist, the reluctant preacher? Let's look at him. God says the wickedness came before him, verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee to what? Tarshish. Now, you got to know that Nineveh is here. Jonah is here. The Bible says he rose up <laughs> to go down there. To Tarshish. He's going in what? The opposite direction. Let me bring it closer to home. God is asking you to serve him. To live for him. But you keep going in the opposite direction. May I ask you something? Why are we so reluctant? 
What is it that we think that we're going to miss out on? You're going to have to give up drinking. You're going to have to give up your blunts and your cigarettes and your whatevers and your, you understand what I'm saying, all those stuff. See, people think like that, like, man, I got to give that stuff up. God didn't ask you to give anything, any, anything up. He just asked you to follow him. Because what I found out is this. You can't deliver yourself, but God can deliver you. The moment you say this, God, I'm going to take the first step tonight. In due season, he'll strip it all off of you. All God is looking for is some people who are willing. That's the question tonight. Are you willing? Are you willing to go where God tells you to go? You know, people come and they come to the church, you know. They say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I hear people say, I'm looking for a church home, right? They, they come and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, looking, I'm still looking for a church home. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they get the word of God. They, their lives are being changed. They say, no, I'm still looking for a church home. Here's the thing. If God has already spoken to you, then what you got to think about? You see, you just got to step in and see the problem. There it is. The problem with most people is the commitment. You come to a smaller church. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Five people doing everything, right? <laughs> right? But guess what? I would rather be in a place, hallelujah to his name, where I can serve God with everything I have than the place where I'm just sitting and I'm not being used and I'm not, listen, nobody knows you. The pastor don't know you. Matter of fact, every week he sees you, you know, what's your name again? <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, hey, that's your situation is big and that, that's fine. I'm not knocking it. But point is, Jonah was asked by God to do something. He says, look what he says. The text says, Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish. But this is the part that I really, really want you to see here. He rose up to flee from Tarshish, not to do what God has told him to do, but he flees from the presence of the Lord. Saints, can I tell you what it feels like? How many know what it feels like to not have his presence? Man, that, man that's, a, that's a deep feeling, isn't it? God is saying, go to Nineveh. So you know what God, you know what I see here in the text? God has a geographical will for your life. God has a locational will for your life. And whenever you leave from wherever that will is, you're going to be there by yourself. And how many know that you can be walking around by yourself with 
without the presence, oh, hallelujah to his holy name. That word presence, hallelujah, means that you are literally out of the face of God. You are out of the face of God. You're not in his presence anymore. Face to face with him. Let me say this to you. When you go out in that world, even as much as they hate you, when you are in his will, you carry his presence. And when you have his presence, you can go out in this dying world and tell somebody, listen, come here, let me tell you about Jesus. You can tell a Muslim about Jesus. You can tell a Jehovah Witness about Jesus. You can tell a Mormon about Jesus. You can tell an atheist about Jesus. You can tell, listen, an agnostic about Jesus. And guess what? They will come to the Lord. It's not about you because you are in the will of God. The problem is what, what's happening today is that we are no longer, we're operating out of his will so it becomes difficult to do, to do outreach. Hard. People won't come. They won't go. They won't do anything. You know why? Because we're not in his will. When you're in the will of God and you have the presence of God, you have to worry about nothing. All you got to do is open your mouth. God sent this man to one place. He goes to another place. Watch the text. The text says he, he fleed to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now watch the text. So, so he went where? He went where? Down. Down. Not Joppa. I'm not talking about Joppa. Listen. It's a slow progression when you start going down. When you start going down, you no longer want to come to church. When you start going down, you no longer want to pray. When you start going down, come on somebody, you don't even want to praise. When you start going down, you won't read your word. When you start going down, you don't want to find a place in church and serve. When you're going down, it, listen, and it's an expensive price to pay. Because the text says, watch what it says. It says, he, watch what it says, he went down to Joppa, found what? Not only, not, only, not only do you leave the presence of God, but here's what you also got to do. You got to finance your own transportation. <laughs> when you leave the presence of God, it costs you. It costs you the presence of God. Listen, look at the text. Said. The text said he found a ship which, which was going to Tarshish. He paid the what? He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. Here it is again. Here it is again. May I ask you something? Why wouldn't you want to be in the presence of God? Because possibly God is saying to you, go. God is saying to you, it's not about you. Why aren't we bringing more people with us? Could it be we're going in the wrong direction? The text says, look at verse 4. The Lord, the Lord, hurled a what? 
Somebody right now, you're in a storm. Anybody in the storm tonight? <laughs> you got to ask yourself, which storm are you in? Are you in a testing storm? Or did you bring the storm upon yourself? The text says, watch what he says. He says, and the wind of the sea, he says, he says and the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. And there was a great storm on the sea of, so that the ship, you, you know what happens when you are not in the will of God? You affect everybody around you. Yes, yes, yes. The ship was about to fall apart because the man of God did not obey God. And now some innocent people finna die. I wish I had somebody. Look at verse 5. And the sailors became afraid, and every man watched the text, and every man cried to his God. Now, that tells you something. You know what that tells you? That tells you about the condition of the society at that time. Everyone in that time had a little G God. They had different gods, and God called a man of God to come and testify about the real God. Come on, somebody. But he hesitated. Don't you hesitate no more. Tell somebody. Tell them about what God has done for you. Tell them that Jesus is the one that changed your life. Don't you hesitate. Watch the text. The text says, somebody here tonight, I want to tell you something. Your house is falling apart. Watch the text. The text says, and every man cried to his God. And they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah, watch where Jonah was. Come on, somebody. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship and had lain down and had fallen sound asleep. The reason that this, this is a picture of depression. Jonah thought some of us think we could just stay home every Sunday and sleep. And listen, I don't want to talk about you. I want to talk to nobody about you. I, listen, I, I ain't qualified. I ain't trained. I ain't nothing. Listen, that ain't my job. <laughs> okay, let's paint the picture here. The wind is blowing. The ship is about to break up. But you sound asleep. You disobedient and sound asleep. You know what that tells you about his heart? He didn't care about anything. And there are times where people, listen, they're falling asleep on God because they don't care. Listen, if you got to ride to church and you falling asleep, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. You know what that means? <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Watch what he said. Watch what he said. He said, he said, he's sleep. How can you sleep? When your life is falling apart. How can you sleep when the storms are raging in your life and you, listen, you know what Jonah had reserved to do? I'm going to die anyways. 
Look at the text. The text says, so the captain approached him, man, and he said, how is it? Everybody want to know. You know what I ask all the time? How can you sleep? How can you deny God? How can you sit at home every Sunday, every Tuesday night? How can you not come and God has been good to you? I've seen what he's done in your life. The text says, how can you sleep? How, how is it that you're sleeping? Get up. Get up, man. Get up and do what? And call on what? On your God because everybody had what? A different God. And here's the one that had the God of all gods. The Alpha and Omega. The one who created the universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had the I am of the I am's. He had, he had known and he had heard the voice of God, but here he is asleep, saints. It's time for the church to wake up. Listen, we don't fight Washington. We get on our knees. We rise up with a different march. We march on our knees. We pray for President Trump. We pray. We pray for the lost people. We pray for the Senate. We pray for the House of Representatives. We pray because we serve a powerful God. How can, you, how can you sit back and sleep and let your life fall apart? When you know God, that's the sin right there. You can call on him, but you choose not to. I wish I had somebody. The text says, get up. It took a pagan you, you know what the illustration is here? Lost people show us what to do in a storm. But the believer who knows God will sleep in the midst of a storm and won't use the resources. The Holy, Listen, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Why are you not alive? Could it be that you're not really saved? Could it be that you really don't have the Spirit of God? The text says, get up, call on your God, perhaps God, your God. Listen, they're talking God talk, and he who's supposed to be a preacher ain't have, don't have no talk. He's sleep. He said, he said, perhaps... Your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Verse 7, each man said to his mate, come, let us cast lots. They're shooting craps. So we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck. Struck us. So they cast lot. <laughs> Amen. Casting lots, what they would do, they would take straws. Right? And then they would put it there, and, and, and one person would choose. Now, now, let me just say something. It fell on who? It fell on who? Remember when I said to you earlier when I started out that you did not choose him, but he chose you? It doesn't matter where you run to. Come here, Peter. 
I don't know him. Peter started cussing. You know why he started cursing? He started to curse because he didn't want them to think that he was a Christian. He said, but that's what they said. They said, but the way you talk give you away. Jonah, the lot fell on him. He was the cause. It tells you that God doesn't make any mistakes. Then they said to him, tell us what now? On whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? Uh-huh. And where do you come from? What is your country? What is your people? See? You know what they wanted to know? They wanted to know his testimony. And he said, I am a Hebrew. Watch the text. I am a what? Hebrew. And I fear who? Does he really? I fear what? The Lord God of heaven who did what? Come on, Jonah. Come on, Jonah. Come on, Jonah. Come on, Jonah. Jonah, 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 Jonah. Do you realize what you just said? <laughs> you just said to me, I am a Hebrew. First of all, God's chosen people. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. He says, and I fear the Lord God of heaven. He was already convinced that he made the sea <laughs> and the dry land. May I ask you something? How can you be that convinced about that God and yet still disobey him. If you knew that he created the sea and the dry land and that you are a chosen instrument of his, how can you not do his will? I don't think it's fear. It wasn't fair with, with Jonah. Jonah was prejudice. That was Jonah's issue. He hated Nineveh. The Nineveh, the Nineveh they, they destroyed his people. And he had, he had a deep hatred in his heart for them. But the very person that he hated, very people that he hated, is the very people that God called him to go to to save. Here's a man who knows about God. Knows everything about God. That he created the red, the sea and the dry land. Listen, Jonah was more theological than most of us. He knew something about God. But yet, he disobeyed God. There's a price to pay for disobedience. Amen.